You're listening to The Right to Be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center. Welcome, everybody, to the Right to Be Catholic podcast, where we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host, Catholic speaker and advocate, Sean A.R. So today's show is going to be a good one. Uh, you know, we're going to focus on Catholicism and especially in today's world, you know, everyone, we're all living it right now. So we know what's going on. And I, my host and I were actually talking about this. We said to ourselves, you know, the other day is Catholicism become something more cultural or is it something more spiritual? And we're going to tackle a few examples that we ourselves have seen and, and talk to you guys all about how in actuality, it's not a cultural thing, of course, it's a spiritual thing. But in today's world, it doesn't fit into the lifestyle that people are living. So they make excuses, they look around everything, and they, they try to make their faith fit their lifestyle and not the other way around. So hopefully today, uh, my, my guests and I will talk to you guys about that. And you'll hopefully at the end of it, realize that Catholicism, your faith is very spiritual. It's, it is the way of life that you should be living. Uh, it's the truth. It's the word of God. And God's message, hopefully by the end of this, you'll realize that it's not just something that was written 2,000 years ago that applied just to those people, but it's for all time. So the Bible quote that I have for this topic is um, something that I think relates to the topic. And it comes from uh, the Bible verse 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 3. And it goes, his divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness through the knowledge of him, meaning God, who has called us by his own glory and goodness. So if you think about that for a second, God gave us everything we needed to do what we were supposed to do, to do his will and spread his word. And again, today, my, my guest, which I'll bring on in a moment, is going to help me um, you know, show that that is the true way and that Catholicism, our faith, is something that is very, very necessary, especially in the world today. And to help me do that, I actually have a good friend of mine. His name is Ennis Kesto. He's not a good friend. He's an okay friend, how he refers to me on his podcast, which is actually the Salty Catholic podcast. Ennis, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on there, Sean. So because Ennis is the salty Catholic, we're going to get a little salty on this one. Usually I don't do salty, but, you know, since my friend Ennis is on here, why not try to get a little salty um, on this one? Right, Ennis? That's right. I'm, like uh, my good friend Pilar says, I'm a, I'm a walking pretzel. Well, I got to bring him into this, man. You uh, got to bring him into this? I you don't know? know. Just a quick shout out. Any, no, anybody, if anybody <laughs> listening, Pilar and Jeff actually have the Avenger, uh, the Catholic Avenger podcast. It was actually an, another great podcast that is done through um, our you know same organization, which is ECRC, Eastern Catholic Reevangelization Center. Uh, and you'll get to know more about them soon, too. So, uh, Edis, you and I were actually talking about this topic the other day, and you shared with me a good testimonial uh, regarding this topic. You want to share that with our guests or with our listeners? Yeah. So, you know, you and I were uh, kind of discussing, and we, uh, and I kind of like thought of how a lot of people, especially in, you know, in our Chaldean community, they treat their faith as something more cultural than it is spiritual. Uh, we hear people say, I'm Chaldean. And to them, Chaldean means eating dolma and pacha, you know, going to family's house on Sundays, um, 
you know, we, we go to mass and then we go to brunch and then we just, you know, sit around and, you know, play and have fun. They think that's being Chaldean when in actuality, they kind of take the faith, the spirituality out of it. Um, what it means to be Chaldean is we're literally, it's because we're Catholic who come from a specific region, you know, in, in Iraq. So we kind of, we kind of take that away from the term Chaldean and we focus more on the fun stuff that we do. You know, we, you come to the East side and they're sitting in their garage in the summertime and, you know, having their hookah, but that's to them being Chaldean. They don't put that Chaldean means we are Catholic. We are faithful. The Lord Jesus Christ is our Lord. You know, our, our Catholicism is not central when it comes to, you know, being called Chaldean and, I kind of noticed that a lot, especially in the last few years um, where people kind of, when they explain what does Chaldean mean and they go about their culture, they, you know, it's more cultural to them. It's not spiritual. Um, and it's just kind of something that- The last thing they mention, right? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely I'm, I'm they also mention, Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. To them, Catholicism, to them is more traditional. You know, it's like, you know, oh, we have this thing where, you know, we go to uh, Easter mass and then after that, we go to my uncle's house and have pacha. That's to them. That's what Easter is. You know, they forget that it's called Easter because it's the day where we uh, celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. You know, had he had he not resurrected, we would not be Christians or Catholic at all. It would just be some some regular Joe Schmo who did some good teachings. That's it. It wouldn't be God himself. Who right? did miracles <laughs> and did some nice stuff. But yeah, he right, didn't yeah. really do what he said, which was, you know. Rise on the third day. Yeah, right. I mean, in Chaldean, we call Easter uh, Eid Rabba, like the big, the big, big feast day. Holiday. It's yeah. the biggest feast day, right? Because right. that's the center of our faith is the resurrection of Christ. But when you ask, you know, people about the uh, about being Catholic, to them, it's more like a like I said, we go to church on Easter and Christmas, and after that, we go to my uncle's house or my aunt's house or grandma's house, and we eat, and then we go to sleep, and then the next day we forget the Lord. You know, it's. Uh, it's funny because I see this a lot in our community and this, that is being the Chaldean community, but I do, I see it in other Catholics as well. You know, our brothers from the Latin, right? Something that I, it's a big pet peeve of mine when people say, I, and I tell them like, Oh, you know, I'm Catholic. And they're like, Oh yeah, I was raised Catholic. I want to look at them and say, <laughs> you know, you still are Catholic, right? This is because you didn't want to be anymore. If you were baptized and confirmed and everything, you still are champ. I'm sorry to tell you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just uh I guess you can say you're, uh, you're, you fell away Catholic. You could say right. you're maybe an apostate, but you can't just say I, you, I was raised Catholic. How about a, how about a lot of, so, and we'll get into this, but a lot of the Catholics today are what I like to refer to as cafeteria Catholics. Meaning when you go to the cafeteria, you select the things you want to put on your plate. They select the things from the Catholic faith that they want us. Yeah, yeah, I believe in that. But no, this one doesn't fit my lifestyle. So I'm not going to do this. Right. Yeah, for sure. I, I actually had an episode on this on my podcast and I call them a uh, Catholic in name only Cenos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're just Catholic by name. They like to say that they're Catholic just so that, again, to them, it's cultural. Uh, it's not spiritual. So when somebody tells, well, oh, well, you know, what are you? They say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic. I'm, in a, I'm raised, raised in a Catholic family or my family is Catholic. They'll say something. My family is Catholic. How about you? What are you? Yeah. You know, I refer to those people also as CEOs. Yeah. They only go to mass Christmas, Easter only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, is, it is unfortunate that uh, th they'll keep that name so that they could have a sense of belonging to a group 
because right. you know us it's a human nature for us to belong to a group right we want to be within union with our brothers brothers and sisters you want to be uh, part know. of the in crowd of right course. of course Everybody. so you have people who they don't want to leave Catholicism because they know they'll lose some friends. Maybe the family members will just be upset with them. So they'll keep the name Christian. They'll keep the name Catholic. They just don't practice it. Again, to them, it's just like, let me practice the cultural part of it. Um, that way I can pretend or at least be in with a crowd. And that way, you know, I don't get shunned. But when it comes to the spiritual aspect, they're not there. You know, they, they don't, might not go to Sunday mass often or at all. Um, they'll go, like you said, Christmas and Easter only, uh, they might share on Facebook, a picture of Jesus that somebody else shared that says, you know, share if you love Jesus or share to get an amen as if like that means anything. Um, but you know, more than that, I don't, I don't believe they read scripture. The only scripture they know is what they've heard either in college or that they've, read in passing on social media or, you know, I've seen a sign that says John three sixteen and may have looked it up. Maybe an but, inspirational quote that they didn't even know was a Bible verse. Yeah. Or just an inspirational quote period. Um, which is a, another thing I kind of, uh, uh, I've kind of noticed about a lot of modern Christians is they're uh, slogan Christians. They love to live by slogans, not by Bible verses, by like, they make you, you feel know, good though. Yeah. Like live, laugh, love. Like they live, those kind of slogans, like meaningless, just empty slogans that seem like they're deep, but they're just empty. They're nothing. You know, it's crazy because you, you and I were going back to the Chaldean culture. You and I were talking about this the other day and we talked about like our people. So if, if you're not, if you're a non-Chaldean listening to this, you're about to learn a little bit. If you are a Chaldean who doesn't know anything about your Chaldean culture, you're going to learn a little bit too. But if you do, you, then you know what I'm talking about. So a lot of, so first off, uh, um, just, you know, just to, just to bring everyone around, you know, a little bit about you, a little bit about me. I'm first generation here in America. You, you were not born even in America. You were born back home and came to America when you were around 10 years old. Yeah. I was 10 years old when I came, when, uh, you know, coming to America, I was 10 years old. Part one or part two? D- don't even talk about part two right now. That was a terrible movie. Terrible. 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 I waited 30 years to see that. And that's, that, that's what they gave us. But uh, yeah. that's another conversation, right? <laughs> um, that's another thing so, I'm salty about. Right. Well, hey, there you go. So, no, but we were talking about this. Um, pretty much both of us were raised here in America, which is not a bad thing, of course. You know, America is great it, it, for the most part, right? The, the actual, the core essence of America is beautiful. It's actually founded on Christian values. But not to get into that right now, um, with our Chaldean culture, you know, they were very, very ingrained, you know, in morality, and family. And those are the things that were most important to them. If you talk to like my grandpa, my grandfather, my uncles, you know, a little older, that's all they knew. They knew family and God. There was no outside sources coming in and trying to, you know, manipulate what they're thinking or how they thought, you know, there was no social media back then, of course, like anything, but you know, those are the kind of things that they focused on and they had those morals and those traditions that they held fast to for a long time and coming to America, it was a big shock to them because, you know, it, it changed the way they were thinking. And I think, you know, and we were talking about this, you know, in coming to America, right. Uh, a lot of our families, like specifically mine, I, I can tell you, you know, a, a lot of things change in the way they're thinking and everything because they had to adjust to the lifestyles here in America and specifically today, man, how progressive has everything become? 
And our Chaldean people, I think, have really become progressive in their way of thinking and their way of thinking about family, thinking about God, you know, their religion, obviously. Uh, and now there's nothing wrong with change when it's a change for a good thing, but when it changes the way you think about something as important as your faith, and then you start changing your belief in your faith to fit your life, that's when it becomes bad. And I think a lot of our people, Chaldean Catholics and Latin Rite Catholics are doing that today. They're choosing to be popular, right? To go, how you said, they want to be part of something. That part of something nowadays is not even the faith anymore. It's the world. And the people who are true to the faith are the outsiders. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember being back home. Um, again, even though I left at a young age, I still have a lot of memories from being there. Um, it's It was a bit of an adjustment because when we came to uh, the United States, we had Saturday, Sundays a weekend. So it was like five work days, five school days, and they had Saturday, Sunday. In Iraq, there was no such thing. It was six days. Friday was the weekend. And yeah. then Saturday, you know, begins the week of work week. Sunday, you have Sunday, Monday, you know, all that. So we would go to mass on Sunday at night because everybody would be at work. So masses were really more later at night. Um, I was fortunate enough to be close to a church walking distance. So we would walk, my brother and I, we were young with my parents and um, we would go to church. Um, when we came here to the United States and we saw that, you know, we, driving to church was something new because we never drove to church. It was always just walking to church. Right. Um, unless it was raining or like super cold and, you know, we would have that three minute drive. Um, but as I grew up and got more ingrained in the culture and mm-hmm. I started to see um, the secular culture, let's call it. I'm not going to say American culture because there were a lot of Americans who were still Christians or Catholic, uh, but there was secularized their parents didn't really care so they didn't care and then when i hear them saying the church oh church is boring i don't like to sit in the church and i don't want to listen to whatever the priests talk about and yell at us whatever i started to feel that way too where back home it was you know predominantly muslim school so it would be like eight to ten christians in this massive school and we would all talk to each other about, oh, at church and at Bible study, we learned this and at catechism, we learned this. And so it was kind of like part of our faith because we would just kind of like huddle around, you know, in our little corner and talk about it. So faith to us back home was like really, really something we looked forward to. Um, Coming here seems like it was the opposite. Everybody was Christian, was predominantly Christian uh, in, in my school, but everybody hated going to church. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, church is boring. So up until maybe like, first year of college, I did not like to go to church. um, Didn't care to go to mass. Didn't care to read scripture. Didn't care about it at all. Right. It was just something you did because your parents wanted you to do it. Exactly. Right. It was something like I woke up Sunday my family went to go to church. Sure. I'll go with them. And then, you know, it was just kind of like a traditional thing. We wake up Sunday morning, we go to church then we come home and then we invite, you know, cousins over or we go to their house and we eat and that's it. That was church. That was being Chaldean to me. Right. And the language. Um, th- that's all it was. And, you know, it's, uh, we take it for granted here in the culture where we have a lot more freedom than we did back home. And we yeah. don't get to, and we don't use that freedom to actually be free and worship God the way we want. See back home. We become lazy. 
Yeah, back home, even though we knew we were being, you know, yelled at, persecuted, um, even kids. I remember from, you know, the age of nine, they would throw rocks at my brother and I as we were going to church um, or near us. They wouldn't hit, they, they wouldn't actually hit us. They didn't want to, but they just wanted to intimidate us. But sure. we still walked to church. Over here, we have the freedom to do it and nobody wants to do it. They're treating it as if like, you know, they're like, we, somebody's forcing them to be a Catholic when it's the exact opposite over here. You have freedom of religion. You could practice any religion you'd like. And we, they, we choose to practice nothing, not even any kind of version of Christianity, just nothing. And then going back to uh, progressive, this progressive view of Christianity tries to make Christianity more palatable, I guess you could say to the secular culture. So a they feel do good religion. Exactly. So it's all about feelings. So what do they do? They do what I like to call it. They they highlight their Bibles with a Sharpie. So any verse that seems a little harsh, you know, strike that out. Any verse that talks about, you know, feeling good and doing good things, they'll read that over and over, not knowing what the meaning is. Um, so they kind of made like this new version of Christianity that's not even Christian at all, actually. <laughs> so it's funny because it's funny you mentioned that because I was reading an article the other day that um, C.S. Lewis, he's a, he's, a, he's a Christian writer, and he wrote this. He said, what's wrong with being generically Christian? And he said, generic Christianity is what, uh, what is called like Christianity in water. It's diluted. It's weak. It's bland. It's lukewarm. And if you use that, if you think of that word lukewarm, the Bible verse that comes to my mind is Revelations 3, 15 and 16, where God says, if you are, you know, you're either hot or cold. If you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be spit out of his mouth because you know what that ha- when you get spit out of his mouth, there's 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 either heaven or there's the other place you can go. To, right. Right. And then it yeah. continues. It, it's Christianity for people who want to be considered religious, but not in a way that offends anyone. And they're not realizing at this time that they're not offending someone by what they're saying, but they're offending someone's lifestyle because it goes against our teaching. And it continues. It says it's for people who want to be, and it puts in quotes, nice or good enough, but who don't want to take up their cross. And again, that refers to Matthew 16, 24. It's Christianity that does, does, that does little more than check the God box most importantly, it's Christianity that doesn't challenge the surrounding culture because it exists to appease the surrounding culture. And that's exactly what we're talking about right now. They're Christian by name. They're Catholic by name, only to the point where it's enough to say, oh, OK, I'm, you know, I still believe in you, God, but not enough to put myself out there and get ridiculed or persecuted in your name. And he, he, and he said this, Jesus Christ said this to his apostles and his followers. He said, you will be persecuted in my name. And he said, blessed are those who are persecuted in my name, right? They will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I love that quote. I love C.S. Lewis. He's, he's such a great writer. He's such a great Christian thinker. Um, and he hits the right in the nail when he talks about like, it's for people who just want to be nice or good enough. Um, and, that's something our culture, especially because they're, um, you know, the, the, the more progressive Christianity ends up influencing them a lot more than real authentic Christianity, real biblical Christianity. Um, so you'll ask somebody who's more lukewarm in their faith or more progressive in their faith. You'll ask them like, well, how do you enter the kingdom of heaven? 
they'll just say, oh, you need, you need to be a good person. Well, Jesus doesn't say you need to be a good person because when somebody came and asked him, Lord, how do I enter the kingdom of heaven? And he said, keep the commandments, right? Um, and then he says, you know, follow the golden rule, which is love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, which is to keep the commandments. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. He never said, just be a good person and just be a nice person again to heaven. <laughs> as a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter seven, um, he's actually pretty harsh. Um, when he says, um, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father. Right. So that's, that, that's the important part. Who does the yeah. will of my father? Right. Yeah. So just being a good person, an atheist can be a good person. A Muslim can be a good person. A Hindu can be a good person. Anybody can be a good person when they feel like it, right? But what does good mean? Let's define the term good. I mean, if, like I said, if a Muslim person gave a homeless guy a sandwich, that's he's that's a good a, thing. It's a good thing, right? But does that mean, okay, now he gets to enter heaven? Absolutely not. Again, even the people who come and say to him, did we not prophesy in your name? And did we not cast out demons in your name? And he said to me, I will say to you, I do not know you. I do not know you. Yeah. Go away from me, you evildoers, right? So even if you're doing these good things, you know, speaking in his name and casting out demons and all this stuff, he's still going to tell you, I don't know you. It's not just, I don't know you. It's, you know, I, I, I guess the, the translation is a little bit weird. He's not saying, I don't know who you are. Obviously he's God, he knows them. But what he's trying to say is, I don't know who you've become. I can't tell who you've become. You're supposed to be in my image and the image and likeness of God. You've become something else that I don't recognize, right? You become unrecognizable to yeah, to me. So, um, yeah, I actually just, like that explanation. I've never yeah, heard we, it explained like that before. That was a good one. Thanks. Um, it's not my own explanation. I'm not that smart. Somebody else's explanation. I just- Oh, no, <laughs> I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I'm just saying, it's yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just that the mentality of our, our culture is become, just be a good person, right? That's all you get to heaven. Heaven I don't is need not, to go to mass. God doesn't take attendance, Ennis. Right. Well, exactly. He does. He doesn't take attendance, but he does kind of, in a way, take attendance, or he takes notice of what people do. Right. Um, I mean, yes, it's good to have faith, but like Saint Paul says, faith without works is dead. Um, so it needs to be a Amen. good balance. It needs to be a good balance of both. It can't be just. Well, yeah, I believe Jesus. He's the Son of God. But that's it. I don't need to go to church, right? I could just do my own thing, you know, between me and him at home. And let's be real. When people who say that don't usually pray at home, <laughs> they really don't. Um, because I even was like, they that. do, even well, if they do, that. which is good. It's not that because I used to, I used to think that way. I used to say that to people, like, oh, I don't need to go to church to be a good person. You know, I I could just pray at home. And they're like, well, yeah, technically you can. I never prayed at home. Maybe I did. Maybe right. Maybe I did the sign of a cross if I passed by a church. Uh, Hold on, but or, even if you pray at home. Even if you pray at home, there's one thing that you can you cannot do at home that you can only do at church, which is and that's the receive <laughs> the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Right. Receive the, the only way to do that is to go to church. Right. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So we were actually talking about this. We were saying, you know, the reason why um, the you know today's society, our our specific you know community right now is so progressive, they have that mentality this faith, this Catholicism is not really mine. It's my parents. Well, my parents taught me it's, it's the old way. You know, I hear people say like, Oh bro, that's, that's old school mentality. 
you know? Yeah, it is an old school mentality. It's one of the yeah. oldest mentalities, but it's the, it's the right mentality as right. well. Math, you know what I'm math, math technically is an old school mentality, but it doesn't make it not factual. It doesn't make it not true. <laughs> right, right. A lot, of, a lot of great things were started long time ago. Laws, right. you know what I'm saying? Things of that, but they're, they still hold fast today. And, and I, you know, I think the world has become so progressive in the way where uh, I was talking to a friend of mine today and he was saying that you know, the devil today, and I told you, I'm going to mention this, the devil today, he's not even hiding anymore. He's in plain sight. Something as stupid as Nike coming out with a shoe, a satanic shoe and people. And I was telling him, you know, it's sad. I'm, I'm going to see some of our people who are supposed to be warriors for God. Jesus Christ spoke Chaldean. He spoke ancient Aramaic. And now, I mean, not that there's a, that, that, that's that important, but it's so wonderful that we have that connection with him. And now I'm going to, I, I can't wait to see someone wear those shoes. I don't know what I'll do when I see that. Well, yeah, apparently they're all making a 666 pairs. So they're going to be someone will get expensive. It. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know what? Everything's dumb. But you know what? Thankfully, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And we know at the end, all knees will bend. We know he will win. But what could we do now, Ennis? Right? What could we do now? And I, I, listen, to the listeners who are listening to this, Ennis and myself, we know we're not perfect. We know we're flawed. I know Ennis is a little more flawed than myself, but whoa, he's whoa. flawed. Speak for, speak for yourself, man. I don't know if we're talking about being perfect or not, but <laughs> speak for yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> but listen, I know I'm flawed. And as a matter of fact, I was just talking to... Um, my cousin today, I was like, man, I got to get to confession. I haven't been to confession in a long time. And I use COVID as the, uh, as the excuse, but it's not, it's, it's just me being lazy and not being able to go, but you know, and I'll admit that because I can't hide from it. You know, if I'm going to sit here and tell you guys to do this, I got to admit to you guys as well. Cause my Lord knows anyways. But my point is, I think Ennis, you and I, as long as I've known you, you've been involved in church and so have I. And, you know, I think what that, the only blessing and up that it gives us more than people who are not is that we know the truth. We see it so much more. We're exposed to it. But I think it also puts a lot more pressure on us because God said, you know, the closer you get to me, the more you're going to suffer, the harder it's going to be because I know what's right and wrong. And I know what the truth is. And I, I, me personally, I can't fight, um, you know, and go the other way anymore because, and by the other way, I mean, sin, you know, listen, do I sin? I sin all the time, but I know that God loves me and he gives me the graces to go to confession, you know, and, you know, receive the sacrament of a penance and, uh, penance and um, you know, be free of that sin and be able to go and receive the Eucharist on Sunday. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he said, you know, I was telling other friends of mine, he said, you can't hold this against Sean because he was raised differently than us. You know, we see these certain things as, oh, it's okay. It's a cultural thing. You know, the world is the way it is today, you know, about transgender and you know, uh, gay rights and all that stuff. And he said, Sean sees it differently than us because he's, he's been more exposed to church and that's the way he was raised. But I tell him, like, listen, man, you're Catholic too. You should be the same way. Absolutely, said, no, but yeah. I didn't get exposed to that. And I'm like, that's sad you didn't. But I told him now you are where you are. And, you know, he's a married man. He has children and everything. He's a wonderful guy. Told me, hey man, it's up to you now. And Father Patrick mentioned this the other day. He said, you know, we need stronger men in our community. And that's true. I think I feel we do. And I'm not saying anything bad against the men in our community, but they need to step it up. And yeah, listen, for this sure. being this being the year of St. Joseph, 
And I mentioned this in my last podcast. I'll say it again. Do the consecration of St. Joseph. It talks to you about how, you know, masculinity and being a man of your house. And I'm not saying it's anything bad you know, to be feminine. It's not. But it teaches you that the devil is attacking that because he knows if he takes the head of the house, he's going to take everything else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. St. Joseph is the perfect example. I mean, uh, in my personal life, everything I've done, um, it seems like it's been around St. Joseph. I've, when I was in Iraq, we were right next to St. Joseph Church. This is the church we used to go to. It was called St. Joseph. Yeah. You know, we come to the country, we move here, and then we're right by St. Joseph. It was built. It was brand new. And you're a shamasha at St. Joseph, which is weekend, right? At yeah. St. Joseph? I had, I guess you could say, my waking up again moment at St. Joseph Bible study. I started serving at St. Joseph. I got married at St. Joseph. My kids got baptized at St. Joseph. Heck, I even named my... Uh, my company, St. Joseph Building, after St. Joseph. Is one, of your kids named jo- is one of your kids named Joseph? No, actually. Oh, that would have been awesome. For them, yeah. yeah, that would have been awesome. Have another kid. Just name him Joseph. Well, well I guess we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> if God willing, right? Inshallah. Right. No, inshallah. Um, so, no, but that is wonderful. And I think, and I know you'll agree with this, though, the, everyone listening to this, and if, if you know someone who's like this, you need to tell them that. They need to understand that the Bible they read or things that they learn about, you know, and they say, oh, that's ancient stuff. That Bible was written 2000 years ago. It doesn't affect the world today. It does. If you truly believe that God is who he is, if he's God, he didn't write or inspire something to be written to say it only fits for that time. But you know what? As times change, I'll change my mind too. Then he wouldn't be infallible. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I, I hate that argument. I think it's, I'm going to just say it as it is. It's a stupid argument. It's one of the dumbest arguments. It's like, it's ancient book. It's written so long ago. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with doesn't today. To it's whatever. It doesn't apply today. It's, okay. Those same people are the ones who, like college professors who will say that, they're teaching ethics, which comes from the word ethos, which is Greek, which is predate some of the some of the texts of uh, of the New Testament. So you know they'll talk about you know guys like uh, you know Socrates and Aristotle. Aristotle. Yeah, yeah, and they'll apply all their you know all the stuff that they wrote today. Heck, a lot of the things we do here, democracy was something started in ancient mm-hmm. Greek. We use mm-hmm. it today, so we don't say, oh well, that's ancient. That was for people back then. It shouldn't. It doesn't apply today. You know, it's it's outdated. No, there's a lot of great things that came from long time ago that we still apply to today. Scripture is that thing that came out a long time ago and we need to even more apply today to today than ever, <laughs> especially with the way the world is going, right? We're losing that touch. Uh, we're losing a sense of God. Uh, we're, we're losing a sense of, of scripture and who Jesus is and who Christ is and what he did for us. Like we're, we're you know, we're coming up to uh we're going to be celebrating Easter soon. Um, whenever this podcast comes out, we would have already celebrated celebrated yep. Easter. One day. Um, yeah, yeah, one day. So we celebrated Easter yesterday, if you're listening to this. Right. Um, talking talking future tense. But we are losing, you know, we're losing that sense of why we do, why we have this faith, why it is that Jesus is so important to us, why Jesus is the word of God. And it's, um, and, and okay, you asked me like, what can we do from here? There's only really one thing we can do. We just keep got to keep preaching. I mean, Jesus said to his disciples, preach the gospels to all nations. Um, one of my one of my favorite, I have tons of favorite Bible verses. I can't really pick one, but one of the ones that always sticks to me is um, in Romans chapter one. I think it's verse 16, uh, where St. Saint, um, Saint Paul says, um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. 
it's the power for salvation to everyone who has faith. So we should not be ashamed of the gospel. Amen. We should be preaching the gospel at all times, no matter who it is, how we do it. It doesn't matter if we're speaking to somebody and we're not bringing somehow, if we're not bringing them closer to Christ somehow, some way, whether it's our customer at work, whether it's our coworker, whether it's, a, you know, a friends, cousin, family, a relative, a family, friends, spouse, it doesn't matter who it is. If we're not doing something to bring them close to Christ, um, whether that be in our actions or whether it be in our words, then we're, we're failing. We're failing as, you know, disciples of Christ. So um, that, that's something we got, just got to continue doing is preaching and never stop preaching. Listen, I actually had that written down and I, I, I love that, but I, I want to, I want to touch on a point you mentioned earlier. You know, it's a feel-good religion, right? They, they try to make it that. You know, Mother Teresa said uh, in one of her interviews for like 50 or 40 years, I could be quoting the, the years wrong, she would pray and pray and pray and didn't feel anything. So if you're one of the listeners right now who are saying to yourself, but I go to church and I'll sit there and I'll do all the prayers and I'll ask God, for just let me feel something and I feel nothing, it's okay. Look what Mother Teresa still did, Right. If you're waiting for a feeling to happen, then you're not doing it right, right? It's the Catholic way. It's not about just about feelings, how you feel. It's about sacrificing yourself, you know, of giving of yourself to God, to Jesus Christ. And I, I can guarantee you there is reward for that. You will eventually start to feel something, right? But but I actually, you know, it's funny. Uh, someone asked... I'm going to misquote it maybe, but someone said, hey, man, all the times you pray, what did you gain? He said, I gained nothing, but I'll tell you what I lost, right? I lost depression, anger, greed. I lost all these things. And in losing these things, I gained something. I guarantee you guys, if you guys do that, you'll see your life transform. So I, I, I pray that all of you guys hear our words. And listen, you're hearing two sinners right now telling you this, but I I feel God is using us right now. And I'm saying this in the most humble way to tell you all that it's okay to feel. And listen, Father Brian said it today at mass. He said, it's okay to be lonely. God was, Jesus Christ was lonely. And a lot of them on the cross, he was lonely. You know, he he had 12 disciples and only one was there. He was lonely maybe as a child because like, oh, you know, we don't want to play with this guy because he gets everything right. and does everything perfect. He was he was constantly lonely in his life. So he felt the same way you felt. Turn to him and ask him for these things. You know, he'll understand because he's felt that he's lived it before. And and it said it. Don't be afraid to stand up for your faith. You know, it's I think it's I think it's time. It's time to call on all warriors. Yeah, right. Nothing male and female. Absolutely. And nothing has been bothering me more lately than watching my friends and some family members who I know, they know the faith, they know it well, they read scripture, I know that they do, and I know they're great people, they pray, but when it comes time to standing up for their faith or somebody says something wrong to their faith, they just kind of sit back and not say anything. I'll just say like, none oh, of my you know business. what? You know, it's none of my business. It's the way they believe, you know, nothing I can do. I'm just going to kind of my own business here. That's what's destroying. That's what's destroying our culture really is that we're sitting back and just watching the culture be destroyed and we're doing nothing. And now we want, now we want to stand up for our faith when it's, we should have been doing this a long time ago when 
all this stuff that's been happening lately in the past, you know, 10, 15, 20 years started slowly creeping up. And, you know, we'll, we'll say a little bit something like, hey, guys, I don't think this is a good idea. It's a slippery slope. And then people will yell like, oh, you're just being a paranoid Christian. You you're leave your bigot, religion. You're judging me. Yeah. You just leave your religion. You keep that at home. You, it's private. You know, don't force yourself on you don't religion on my, you know, on me or my kids. And then we're like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I'll just my own business. I'll stay back here in the corner and just watch. I'll the let world you force burn. your th- views on me. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I'll, you know, I'll just stand here in the corner and watch the world burn. No, no, I'm sorry. I, di- I didn't mean to offend you. Like right. we've, <laughs> we've, and I've been seeing a lot of that happening and it's, it's honestly time that we stop. I'm not going to say not being nice because we should obviously always be nice. We should always be charitable. Um, but sometimes being charitable means we got to raise our voice just a bit to make sure that the person knows what they're doing is wrong. Right. So, uh, yeah, we just got to keep doing that. There's a saying, my mom is saying, Caldean, um, I hope I'm saying it right. with So like, yeah, right. <laughs> disrespect them, but with respect. Yeah, exactly. Not disrespect. Yeah. Not disrespect. Like kind of like, uh, like scold yell- them with respect. If I'm saying, yeah, right. scold them with respect or yell with at them respect, with respect. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like to exactly. show them what's up. Right. Yeah. No, but you, you, listen, and if watch this, so, so our I think the Catholic faith specifically is being attacked so much as always ha, it always has been, and, and specifically now, man. Like you know, a lot of people say, "Hey, I'm Catholic," but none of their actions say they're Catholic. And just to prove to everyone listening that the Catholic faith is the right, is the truth, is the way, right? The devil wouldn't be attacking us so hard if it wasn't. He would never attack a lie. He loves lies. He's the father of lies. He attacks the truth. That's why we're being attacked so much. Exactly. That I, I, I love that you said that because I said this to somebody if, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I said, notice the devil doesn't attack the, the porn culture. He doesn't attack the, you know, the drug culture. Why would he? He's making it look good because he knows it's the bad thing. But what is the devil attacking constantly, right? It's usually Catholicism at the top, you know, Christianity, scripture, uh, that's what's being attacked. So, I mean, even in the temptations of Christ, when he would, when he was tempted, he couldn't wait to go tempt Christ and attack Christ and try to, you know, shake his faith by quoting and make him doubt himself. Yeah. Right. And and if you are the son of God, do this. Yeah. Or because the Bible says this, so misquoting scripture, because the devil obviously knows scripture way more than we do or at least he knows how to quote scripture way more than we do. So scripture can be used on Christians to manipulate them. So that's why it's so important to learn scripture, to learn about scripture, because it's so easy for one of these either atheists or progressive Christians to come up and quote a Bible verse or just misquote it or take it completely out of context. And for somebody who doesn't know their faith, whose uh, foundation isn't well, it's not you know rooted in, in, uh, in the scripture uh, that well, They'll just be stumped and they're like, you know oh, what? Maybe, yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know enough or about Maybe scripture. they are right. Maybe what they're saying, yeah. they're, they sound really smart. Yeah. They are right. You yeah. Know? Like the, my, my, one of my favorite examples is I, I always bring this example up. I think I brought it up a couple of times in my, uh, in, in a couple episodes of my podcast, but um, they'll see somebody like a Christian telling somebody else, you shouldn't be doing this because it's a sin. And they'll say, oh, he without sin, let him cast the first stone. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't judge this person. I'm a sinner too. I shouldn't throw stones. But 
they don't they forget that like literally four verses later he tells the woman who was caught in adultery go and sin no more he didn't tell her you know what forget these guys are bothering you just do you i know who you are you you know you were born this way you just go do be you don't worry about it he didn't tell her that he said go and sin no more he gave her a new calling she was in sin yeah and he gave her a new calling which is go and sin no more and people again they'll quote a bible verse but they won't quote the verse that came either before or after it, which completely demolishes the point that they're trying to make. You know, another thing I want to touch on, and I want to do it just really quick, is if you ever notice that no other faith gets attacked the way we do. So Absolutely, yeah. Like the, the, the Jewish faith or the Muslim faith. Now, not on all things, of course, because then they'd be called Catholic. But on, on <laughs> most things, on most social issues, they agree with the Catholic faith. Yeah, absolutely. But do you see them being attacked? No. Because no, you know, and I was telling you, they have a they have more warriors than we do. Now, do they do it? Do they do the things the right way all of them? No. But you know, like Catholic, Catholic I'll tell you why. Always stumped on. Well, I'll tell you why. The Catholic faith is what's holding the Western culture, what's holding the entire world when it comes to morality, when it comes to, you know, the the I guess you could say the the arbiter of morality here on earth at least. If they could attack it and discredit the Catholic Church, the entire world would crumble. And that's the goal, right? That's the goal of the devil is to crumble the entire the entire world. So the more you can attack the Catholic faith, the more you can make Catholicism look bad, look weak, look dumb. You know, only uneducated people are Catholics or Christians, and only they would believe in, in right. you know, a book that's written. It's the old ago. way. Right. Only they if if you can attack that and get rid of it and discredit it the entire world would crumble. And the reason I say that is because, like you said, in Catholicism, we teach that homosexuality or homosexual acts, I should say, are a sin, right? And we teach we teach against it. We say that this is something, you know, this sexual act is disordered. It's not ordered in the way that God gave us our sexuality. So mm-hmm. we teach against it. Where you have Muslim countries who are throwing people who are gay off roofs and killing them. They're literally executing them or hanging them in public to make examples out of them. Yet we're the ones that are called homophobic and, you know, unwelcoming to the gay community and all this stuff. Yet, you know, the mosque that's built down the street, nobody wanted to say anything about that or they won't the way say a word. It. They won't. Absolutely not. Um, again, and it's because, like you mentioned, it, the devil is only going to attack the truth. He's not going to attack something that's false. That would be completely wasting his time. What's the point of proving something that's false to be It's wrong? already done. Right. It's already done. Listen, so I'm going to give you a closing thought. I'm going to, but I'm going to give a closing thought first. Uh, you know, I think, you know, throughout this podcast, we've shown that, you know, Catholicism, if you truly follow in the way of Catholicism, that it's not a cultural thing, but a spiritual thing. And I'm going to challenge everybody listening to this. If you're going to call yourself Catholic like so many people do, and I'm not even going to say any names, right? They're higher up. They call themselves Catholic, but nothing they do is Catholic. Now, again, I'm going to tell you, I sin. You sin, Ennis. We all sin. But there's a difference between, you know, having a certain authority, influence over people and saying one thing and doing another. And I'm speaking even to our listeners now. If you're going to call yourself Catholic, only do so if you're truly following his way. 
and acting on it. And he knows you're going to fall short. Nobody's perfect. Only our Lord Jesus is perfect. But he knows this. But I, I urge and I pray that all of you guys this Easter season, uh, you know, uh, the way the, us in the Chaldean right, we, 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 we pray for a transformation during Easter. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a joyful thing for us because we look towards the resurrection of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that all of you guys are transformed this season. Right? This yeah. Lenten season. Right. Um, yeah, you kind of uh, we, we you kind of mentioned like you know higher ups in uh, maybe some kind of government capacity. I guess you could sure. say you want to say that uh, who would call themselves Catholic but promote non-Catholic so things that go total you know, opposite of Catholic in in like direct contradiction of what Catholicism teaches. Not even like a gray area, but in total like direct contradiction of Catholicism. I wouldn't say they're not Catholic. I don't like to use that term. You know, like you said earlier, if you're baptized and confirmed and you've received the communion or you, if you see the Eucharist, you're, you're an apostate at that point, right? An apostate means you've, you've, you're fallen away from the church. Um, maybe even some have been excommunicated from the church, which doesn't mean like they can never come back, right? There's always a chance. There's always, you know, we always hope for a conversion um, of chance, even, you know, the last moment. So we got to just keep praying for them. Obviously, right. we got to keep praying for them, right? Um, but like you said, don't call yourself Catholic if you don't believe, if you don't stand for everything Catholicism. Everything. Is, right? I can't call myself a scientist if I say, you know what? I like this part of science, but this thing of science, I don't, I don't believe in it. So I'm just never going to teach it. I'm never going to practice this part of science. You can't call yourself a scientist. So just in the, in the same way, you can't call yourself Catholic and just say, well, I only believe in like half the stuff, you know, and then the other half that, you know, is, you know, just inconvenient to my lifestyle. I don't believe in it. So I'm just not going to practice that, but I'm going to practice all the other stuff. Then you can't really call yourself, you know, a true Catholic. That's why I, I don't like the term devout Catholic either. I like practicing Catholic because we're always practicing, right? We're never going to mm-hmm. get Catholicism right, true. but we got to keep practicing. Um, but I want to leave everybody with this. Um the reason I picked my uh, my podcast name, The Salty Catholic, is yes, I am salty about everything because everything annoys me and I just, everything is annoying and we just got to get back to real authentic way of Christianity. But also Jesus calls us to be the salt of the earth. The reason we do that is because we're the ones that have to give flavor to the entire world. You know, I like what like what C.S. Lewis, that, that quote you read from C.S. Lewis, where he was talking about uh, it's diluted, it's weak, it's bland. You know, the Christi- mm-hmm. this kind of Christianity that's watered down. It's our job as Catholics to be that salt of the earth. That's why Jesus gave us that calling. We are the salt of the earth. So we need to give flavor. And the only way to do that is we can't just keep salt in the cupboard and hope that our food gets salty. No, we need to sprinkle that salt on our food for it to become salty. So we just got to keep preaching the gospel. We got to just keep going at it. Never give up. Never lose faith in, in Christ. Um, and always just pray that he gives us the graces to continue and obviously for whoever is listening to us to have an open heart and uh, hopefully listen to uh, uh, listen to the words and take them. Ennis again, bro. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. You guys, again, Ennis Kesto from the salty Catholic, check out his podcast. It's an amazing podcast. Uh, I'm going to leave you guys with this Bible verse. It's, it's Jesus is praying for his disciples and look what he says. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but 
It says, I have given them the, your word. And this is probably obviously Jesus talking to God. And the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I'm asking you to protect them from evil, from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. This is Jesus Christ saying this himself, man. Amen. This is him, this is him saying this to all of you. He's praying for all of you. So I want to close this like I always close it. Specifically for this one, go out because you have the right to be Catholic. God bless. Thank you, everybody. You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to ecrc.us.